WABC. One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. I have the tiger, man. I have the tiger. Come on. Good evening, everyone. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hope you had a great weekend. We have a lot to get to. The world of cinema is in mourning as it bids farewell to actor Carl Weathers, the actor best known for his portrayal of Apollo Creed in the first four installments of the Rocky movie series. Weathers passed away peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, February 1st, at the age of 76, as confirmed by a family statement. I want you to wear these. Come on, Apollo. These are the colors that you wore in our first fight together. I can't put your colors. Just wear them. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Bob. You just make sure you wash them before you bring them back, all right? <laughs> Will do. The news of his death has sparked an outpouring of heartfelt tributes from fans and colleagues alike, including Sylvester Stallone, his co-star from the uh, Rocky series. Stallone took the social media to express his grief and honor his late friend. In a moment, I will be talking to Sal Greco, the fired NYPD officer because of his friend, Roger Stone. He will be taking your questions live. We ran out of time on Friday. I asked him to come back as it relates to the attack by migrants on NYPD officers. And veteran officers are fuming to the New York Post that District Attorney Alvin Bragg has made a mockery of the entire justice system by permitting the five migrants to walk after they were arraigned Wednesday on charges of second-degree assault on a police officer and obstruction of governmental administration in the shocking January 27th beatdown. Uh, quoting a police officer here, the detective Alvin Bragg just showed all New Yorkers that the police department doesn't matter to him. This is a detective with two decades on the job. What this does is open the window for all people to say we can beat up cops is nothing's going to happen to us and nothing is going to happen to us. Thank you, Mr. Brag. And indeed, that has happened in Times Square. A police officer, a uniformed police officer, early Sunday morning punched in the face. I'll have more on that a bit later. The issue over migrants continuing. So I was watching 60 Minutes tonight, and I was shocked to find out that the number one group 
coming in illegally, according to 60 Minutes, happens to be the Chinese. And according to the broadcast that was put on air tonight, they watched TikTok to tell them where to go. TikTok telling them exactly how to do it. Here is part of the 60-minute uh, piece that aired tonight. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step -step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. We were struck by just how orderly and routine it all seemed. The migrants walked about a half mile down a dirt road and waited in line for U.S. Border Patrol to arrive so they could surrender. How much property do you have here? The land they're waiting on is owned by 75-year-old Jerry Schuster, a retiree. The whole world seems to know there's a way in and it's on your property. They're all doing this. They're all doing this. When they come over here, they come with the suitcases. They come prepared with the computers just like they got off on a Norwegian cruise ship. And that's on 60 Minutes uh, tonight. As it, and we're going we're gonna to have a bit more on that. It, it is really amazing. Coming through a hole in a fence, mostly the Chinese coming in now into America. We'll, we'll detail that a bit more, the 60 Minutes piece in a little bit. But also the anger over the issue of migrants continues. I want you folks to listen to this. In Boston, a man, community resident, unleashes police are blocking his recreational center after it was turned into a migrant camp, thanks to the liberal mayor there and governor. Listen, and this required quite a few beeps to how angry this man was. Don't give a f about the motherfuckers that was born and raised here. Y'all raised the fucking rent so fucking high. Can't afford to live here, but y'all gonna bring some other motherfuckers here? That doesn't fucking add up. It doesn't make no sense. None. None. I'm fucking homeless. I work a full-time job, 40 hours, and can't pay to live here. How the fuck are y'all gonna bring somebody else here? Don't make no sense. None. Right. That man was uh, very upset. We'll be taking your telephone calls in just a moment. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC 800-848-WABC 800-848-9222. And on top of the police officers coming under attack, vicious, despicable, disrespectful, and they should be sitting in jail, all of them, on Rikers Island, talk about tone death. The city of New York is launching a $53 million program to hand out prepaid credit cards to migrant families. $53 million, the city of New York, to migrant families. The mayor 
uh, will start the administration, the Adams administration, will soon start passing out these prepaid cards to families that are being put up in Big Apple hotels. It's a pilot program run by the New Jersey company Mobility Capital Finance, and they will provide asylum seekers arriving at the Roosevelt Hotel with the city cash to help them buy food, according to city records. It starts with a group of 500 migrant families in short-term hotel stays and will replace the current food service offered there, according to uh, City Hall. Now, the cards can only be used, according to the city, at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, convenience stores, and migrants must sign an affidavit swearing they will only spend the funds on food and baby supplies or they will be kicked out of the program. I told you folks as it related to the presidential race and no, Dominic, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. You know, you always side with Trump. Oh, he's not going to win. What are you thinking, Dominic? And on and on and on. Well, Trump is now scoring his biggest lead yet against Mr. Biden in a new NBC poll. Former President Donald Trump, his biggest lead yet against President Biden. This poll out today, new NBC poll, as voters give the incumbent poor marks across the board. Trump notched a 47 to 42 percent lead over Biden with registered voters. Let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five Mm -hmm. years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll. And now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. Told you, folks, the system indicted him on 91 counts. And we'll be dealing with this issue in the uh, next hour. In terms of all things are coming up, Trump, I told you, relax, as it related to that March 4th trial date, the federal case in Washington. Now the judge has acknowledged that's being put off, at least temporarily. All things are coming up Trump and uh, not Biden. I am joined right now live by former NYPD officer Sal Greco. I spoke with him on Friday, but we ran out of time. And Mr. Greco uh, was fired by the NYPD, he says, for his friendship uh, with Roger Stone, a political consultant who has a uh, show on on uh, on WABC. But I also wanted to talk to Mr. Greco because he was on the job for, I believe, 14 years, and a lot of things are happening as it relates to police these days, as we all know. Good evening to you, Mr. Greco. Uh, good evening, Dominic. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's a pleasure to talk with you. So since we spoke on Friday to when I asked you to come back today, an NYPD cop, we're going to get to your case in just a second, 
has been punched in the face by a 24-year-old Long Island man, the latest attack on police. This happened earlier today, Sunday, shortly after midnight in Times Square. Police responded to a call of a disorderly man at Broadway and 42nd Street. When police are now saying privately and off the record that what has happened as it relates to the migrants, giving them a, a free pass, that that opens the door for these types of incidents to happen. Is that true? And what is your reaction to this latest incident? And this was a uniformed officer. Yeah, see, Dominic, this is disgusting. And, you know, I hate to say this, but, of course, you know, people, I try to stay away with it, but obviously the, the person in the city to blame for a lot of this is actually Mayor Eric Adams. And the reason being is on one instance, you know, he's saying, all this this issue is going to destroy the city if we keep letting all these uh, illegal immigrants into the city. And on the other end, he'll hand them the, the credit card. Was I read uh, just Friday about fifty three million dollars uh, set for a program where correct he's incentivizing them to stay. And you know now it's like uh, an every night occurrence that you're hearing that legal immigrants, whether they're part of some gang or whatever it is, they're out assaulting cops left and right. And with the way this is set up, Dominic, it's the bad guys seem to become the good guys, and the good guys are now the bad guys. So if if you're on the, you're in the street, especially in Times Square, where you know Dominic, I've worked for years. That's always been uh, that area has a lot of emotion disturbed people, which is a whole nother issue that so you wait, have to deal with. Where so you, wait, you, you know, actually it, worked the Times Square area? Yes. Well, I worked in Manhattan. I was part of a, a unit. It was citywide traffic test. So we would drive around. I mean, I was enforcing uh, vehicle traffic laws, but like, you know, on an off night, you would go around. You might even hear things come over the, the radio in regards to issues that happen in Times Square or in Midtown. And uh, I would drive around and you would see there's a motion to stir people everywhere. And that's separate from now the issue with all the uh, legal immigrants that are arriving and they're all over the place. And it's disturbing that I'm seeing a trend that seems to be every other night or every night you're hearing that they're now, you know, attacking police officers. And then what? How are we, we going to put a stop to this? Is anyone going to be prosecuted, first of all, and bail? That was a whole nother issue where the judge, why are you not holding illegal immigrants that are committing a violent crime? The number one issue there to hold them would be they would be fleeing the state or the country. That's the reason to hold them. But in a progressive run uh, city where you have these these judges like you've seen with Trump's own case, where they have, you know, they, they believe in their own set of laws versus the real law. You know, the sky's the limit with, with the damage they're going to be doing. And in my heart, I can't believe there's another incident again tonight. I mean, unfortunately, Dominic, this might be an every night occurrence now. Well, let me let me put this to you uh, this way, Mr. Greco, this uh, latest incident. And it is hard to fathom to believe that it's happened again. Um, uh, I don't believe it was a migrant man. But in this case, in this case, the officer uh, and I believe his partner asked the man, the 24 year old Long Island man to leave the area. And yet when you look at what happened with the migrants, it was the same thing. The lieutenant and the officer were trying to shoo the migrants away. What's going on where it seems like there's violence when NYPD is simply asking people to comply and move on? What? I, I don't understand. 
I think it's uh, it has more to do. That's like a it's a it's a society issue, especially in New York, where it's an anti-police, anti-law and order kind of environment where you're giving. You know, we'll go back a few years. If a police officer tells you, "Hey, uh, hey, sir, you mind uh, not doing this?" or "What are you doing over there?" or just a simple question turns into, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, officer," and they'll back away. Now right. we'll have a like. Oh, who who are you talking to like that? Who are you? And 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 they they're already engaged to fight you because there's no fear or respect of the law anymore. There's none. That's what it's become. It's a lawless society. Is what's going on in New York City and in many other uh, cities around the country. And it's you know, but you don't have you don't even have a prosecutor. You don't have a district attorney. Nobody's even so. Alvin Bragg. I mean, Eric Adams should be questioning him, saying. Why did you let those migrants go? Why why aren't you prosecuting these people? But I believe in a political sense, Eric Adams can't even tell Alvin Bragg anything because he himself has his own issues where Alvin Bragg is about to prosecute now the Eric Ulrich trials coming up. So if he rocks that boat, he's afraid he'll come after him. So I mean it's like a game of chess out there and it, it it's involved public safety. And public safety should never be a political issue. And, and all these political figures we have running the city seem to be playing politics with public safety. And you cannot do that, Dominic. You can't do that. We are chatting with Sal Greco, who was fired by the NYPD. We're going to get to the details of his case in just a moment. And he will be taking your telephone calls in just a second. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Mr. Greco, One, two things I want you to listen to. One, Governor Kathy Hochul upping the ante, if you will, her rhetoric as it relates to this migrant attack on police officers. All I know is that an assault on a police officer means that she should be sitting in jail like there's an individual right now sitting in Rikers uh, pending your trial date. And the second thing I want you to listen to, Mr. Greco, anti-Israel protesters uh, voiced uh, anti-police chants clashed with officers at Columbia University stating things like NYPD burn in hell. Hey, hey, don't touch you. Give me my phone. Don't touch me. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. Yeah, she got to go, man. Go home. Go make another one. Go home. So, Sal Greco, uh, uh, right after this, I'm going into the details of your case. If you're NYPD uh, these days, one, have you heard from any of your colleagues still on the job? But if you're NYPD, I mean, what what can you do under these circumstances? I do hear from some some you know people still on the job to this day, Dominic, and they all say the same thing that the morale is in the toilet. Between the leadership of the NYPD under Eric Adams and out of town Eddie Caban and company, and then you see your own political figures. Where you know uh, it's funny now we hear Kathy Hochul demanding that they hold uh, an illegal immigrant to commit a crime and, and deport them. Where was this rhetoric for the last few years? This is this, this is the first I've ever heard of anything like that. And you know, as far as you hear these anti-Israel protesters, you know, a lot of these people that are involved in those protests are actually not even Palestinian or Jewish. These are anarchists that they hide and they jump into any cause because they want to be out there. And then here they go with the anti-police rhetoric. And basically it's an anarchist rhetoric. And 
you know, the police have tried to stop. They've actually had like instances where, you know, you're supposed to keep them from coming over to Brooklyn Bridge or going over to Manhattan Bridge and they go from Manhattan to Brooklyn and cause property damage and other things. And, you know, again, it's a it's a it's a failure in the leadership because the leadership in the past would say, let's cut off the bridge under a mayor, Rudy Giuliani, who would absolutely never let any of these protesters cross a bridge from borough to borough. But Eric Adams, once again, you know, he might be busy with the nightlife. Maybe he's too busy. A concerto hanging out at night to realize, you know, make a call to the police commission and say, hey, we can't have anarchists running around in the city and damaging property and attacking people and our cops. And it's a complete breakdown of public safety. And it continues to this day. It's unbelievable, Dominic. I'm stunned. I'm really stunned. Okay, Mr. Greco, Sal Greco, uh, as it relates to your case, you mentioned the uh, Bronx establishment owned by the uh, police commissioner's brother. One of the headlines as of late, the state liquor authority to open a probe into the restaurant, this Bronx, well, nightclub establishment, this Bronx uh, hotspot, which is popular with the NYPD and politicians. How does that make you feel when essentially you lost your job because of your friendship with Roger Stone? Uh, Dominic, I mean, deep down inside, it makes not only my blood boil, but a lot of people, including, I mean, if you, anyone listens to WABC, Curtis Lee would be the first one acknowledging this fact. I mean, for instance, the rule, you cannot wrongfully knowingly associate with someone who's likely or reasonably believed to have engaged in criminal activity. If you're stating that it, this is Roger Stone and they opened up a whole probe into me and how they treated me and they were chasing me around the city and all these crazy things they were doing, how do you not look at yourselves, including the police commissioners? Because the last three have been associated with this character who's a manager, I guess on his LinkedIn, he's the manager or creator of Concerfrito. That's Jimmy Rodriguez Jr., the infamous Jimmy Rodriguez Jr., who's a self-admitted criminal, a mob associate, according to sit-down news, and there's evidence of that. And they're all hanging out with him, the entire police department. Now you're hearing... This place, Concerfrito in the Bronx, was under investigation by the state liquor authority, which is technically on paper. The liquor license belongs to Richie Caban, and that's the brother of the police commissioner, Ed Caban. And I'll tell you something else. I've just got word of this this weekend, Don. I'll break this right here. They have their own issues that they've been fighting the landlord. Okay, so so I just saw the stipulation here that they're, they're, they're agreeing they had a settlement with the with the with the landlord in regards to the stipulation that they're agreeing to leave, that they're going to rip that structure down that they have that's illegal. They also haven't paid the rent from for many months. So they're squatting in there, having parties with the police department on top of the violations they've had. I mean, Dominic, they they opened the place and they had a violation immediately. They they ordered the building department, which you can look this up, ordered them to tear down the structure they had. That's part of the, the, the facility. And that's where they have the parties. Then the, the fire department went in there, issued 20 violations to them in regards to the same structure. Yet they continue to have parties. It's all over social media. The mayor's hanging out there partying. Uh, Carl Hasty, Letitia James, Darcel Clark, uh, Eddie Caban, half the upper echelon of NYPD all hanging out there. And then here we are when we find out that the place has never even been open. And they all, and the bottom line here is, Dominic, they've all passed judgment on, on me 
in regards to an issue. They said, I, I violated a patrol guard procedure because I'm friends with someone they don't like. But what about themselves? They should all fire themselves under the same, under the same reasoning, right, Dominic? Well, I, I hear you. So to, person, to a person listening uh, for the first time to you, Sal Greco, and they say, okay, what's this guy's beef? What, what, what is he so upset about? What are you so upset about? Well, Dominic, I mean, I was treated as, if, uh, you know, they treated me as if uh, I was like uh, Roy DeMeo, part of the murder machine uh, uh, of the Gambino crime family. They chased me around. Dominic, they, they said that I was Rogers' uncompensated security. I don't even know what this term means. The fact that I was in D.C. January 5th and 6th with Roger, and yet they, they themselves investigated me and found no civil or criminal liability on my half or on my behalf or Roger's behalf in regards to the events that happened that day or any events prior or after. And yet the way they pursued me and yet look at their own behavior, Dominic. I mean, in these, there are pictures from, I was being investigated, Dominic. They had internal affairs followed me. My father became ill. He he got ill with brain cancer. So I left my, my, at the time I lived in Staten Island to Pennsylvania where he was in a hospital and hospice dying. Okay. And they followed me in a vehicle. And their reasoning is they had to check on me to see if I would, quote, come into contact with Roger Stone, who lived in Florida, which would have meant, I guess, Dominic, I had to drive to Florida and drive back to New York in the same day. So they followed me there. And while this is all going on, my father passes away. The immense pressure they put me and my family under for a nonsense, nonsense, uncompensated security. And they, even, they had no evidence of anything about security, never paid me. Well, they're pictured with Jimmy Rodriguez partying over there. This place should never be open. And Richie Cabano's engaged in criminal activity, which is reckless endangerment. This is a tale of two, two, two situations, but it's Apple. If you compare an apple to an apple, how do you say one is worse than the other without judging yourselves? You know, that, that's the whole point here, Dominic. This is crazy. The whole story is crazy. So one more time, your father was gravely ill and you're telling me, because I find this hard to believe, you're telling me that internal affairs followed you driving to visit your father who was dying. That's correct, Dominic. In fact, uh, I not only have, it's not only even a fact, right? It's a fact, and I have the evidence for it because it was provided to me through discovery of the initial uh, department trial in the NYPD. There's a video of it, too. And I remember somebody was tailing me the whole way there. And I said, this, who is this? Who could this possibly be from Staten Island to Pennsylvania? And unfortunately, Dominic, I, I had the, the distinction of watching my father die in front of me. And I have to see that this clown from their organ, their little group, Internal Affairs, who, by the way, sponsored a children's event at Consofrito while they had all of this mess going on there. They who I believe are supposed to investigate when you have a party they have to investigate the place the owners especially with the police commissioner involved because he went to this party so they investigated me under these circumstances and did all of this while they're they themselves in the police department are hanging out with one jimmy rodriguez two hanging out at this place with all these people and of course yeah there's a laundry list of rappers and uh, criminals and felons that are at this place as well so I mean, this is, I mean, how should I feel about I mean, how would you feel if this was you saying they're investigating you for this stuff and yet look at their own behavior? 
Well, as you know, Sal, and I, you know what? Let me save this. Uh, I'll save this point until we come back. We are talking with fired NYPD officer Sal Greco. I ran out of time Friday. I asked him to join me. Uh, he'll be with us for about another uh, 14 minutes. And coming up, coming up at midnight, we will discuss the very latest about the district attorney in Georgia. She's finally fessing up to her affair. In the last three hours, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis admitted to a personal relationship with an outside prosecutor she appointed to manage the election interference case against former President Donald Trump. In a 176-page court filing, Willis said she and Nathan Wade developed a relationship in 2022, but that there was no relationship prior to his appointment as special prosecutor. Willis denies any claims of misconduct and says there was no evidence that the relationship between her and Wade had prejudiced the case. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back talking live with fired NYPD officer Sal Greco. I'm with you until 1 a.m. this morning, uh, in which Frank Morano takes over at that point. The other side of midnight, Frank's been kind enough to ask me to join him into uh, the top of his show. So please stay with us, Mr. Greco. So, I, I'm, you know, I'm coming back to the details in your case. I'm curious as to what would have happened in your opinion as it relates to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg if that video did not go viral. Would we have seen serious charges against these migrants? I honestly believe you you would have seen either they get tossed out or they'd be you know leveled lower because you know Dominic I've noticed that the charge of assaulting a police officer, and I, even in my day on the job, it's never really treated serious. It really has to, it really depends on the situation. So anytime someone assaults a police officer, it should be handled very serious, but it, and it really depends on who it is and how it's charged and what's, what happened, because it's never really treated the way it should be. So I, I really believe had there not been all the public pressure of this incident by virtually everyone in the media, he would have just let this slide. And especially since we don't even know where these people are, where they ran off to, apparently what Fordham didn't make it to California. So exactly what I was stating about holding them without bail is true. They were going to flee. And now they flee, they fleed, and now there's a, they're going to have a manhunt across state lines. This is crazy. And this is all because, you know, Alvin Bragg should have stepped in the minute they were arrested saying, we can't allow this with, to our police officers, respective of how every, you know, Jumani Williams or others feel about our police. You can't have people, especially illegal immigrants, assaulting them. I'm sorry, that's a crime. And we have to say that's the last line of defense. And if you're going to allow people 
to beat up cops in the street, then society has failed us and, and, and it's over. So Alvin Bragg should be embarrassed that he even let this happen. I can't believe that, that he had to go back on this. Now he's now he's going to uh, put a grand jury together. This should have been automatic, Dominic, right away, off the bat. Assaulting a police officer, are you kidding me? And especially in the fashion in which it was done. I'm looking at my Twitter, my ex, Dominic TV. Folks, you can reach me there. Shell Bell 777, a listener to the program, says she loved last week when you were on, Sal. She says, great listening to you. She wants me to ask you, everyone thought Eddie Caban would be the best uh, police commissioner. Then she goes on to say he's never heard from uh, Curtis talked about him big time. What a disappointment. Do you feel he's definitely been a disappointment? Oh, without a doubt, Dominic. This guy is probably the most disappointing police commissioner ever, period, end of story. And, you know, you had a good one who, unfortunately, will have to answer herself for the whole Consofrito and and firing me and Cardi B incident. But Eddie Caban from the – I mean, Dominic, when he was anointed police commissioner, you know he had a party at Consofrito, right? There's plenty of video of it. So he was essentially, he invited all his friends and all the police department, including Pat Lynch at that time. They all were there and he's anointed police commissioner and you see him get the microphone and they anointed him as a police commissioner at Consofrito. So to me, I mean, Dominic, this looks like a scene from a mob movie. It's almost like Consofrito is the Raven Eye Club for this crew. And there's a crew of them because there's Caban, uh, Jeffrey Madry, Kaz Daudry, uh, Wendy Garcia is a deputy commissioner. I mean, the list could go on and on of how many high-ranking people are there, and they all happen to hang out here. Not once, not twice. It's a lot. And it's a lot of times, Dominic. And I don't know. I mean, a, a, a police commission that's brazenly doing this in your face. And then for Christmas, you know, he wasn't even seen for months. It, like Curtis Lee kept saying, where the hell is Eddie Caban? If you look online, I'll tell you where he was. He was at every single event. He was at numerous events, hanging out, partying. So it's the nightlife police commissioner, much like the nightlife mayor. The administration as a whole, Dominic, they love to party. It's all about going out and rubbing elbows with people. And public safety and governing the city comes second or last. They only care about partying. That's the that's the appearance here, Dominic. And it's sad. I mean, I can't believe we went from Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg to this. Well, we are now going to start with your telephone calls. We're talking with Sal Greco, fired NYPD officer suing the department. He says he was fired because of his friendship with Roger Stone, 800-848-WABC, 800 Paulie in Westwood, good evening. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. How you doing, Dominic? So, I'm, I'm amazed. I was in New York City sanitation for years, and I refuse to go back to New York. I, I'm, I'm definitely afraid of going over there. And my second question is, why can't New York City police turn migrants over to ICE? Isn't ICE a federal? And just let just keep dumping them off to the federal jail. Okay, Sal, your your reaction. Hey, thanks for thanks for supporting the question, Paul. Well, the problem is that the ICE detainers themselves are never honored. Uh, this this is something that uh, it started under Ed Koch, and very recently, around 2013 or 14, 
or right under uh, Bill de Blasio, unfortunately, they told us, I remember saying, if anyone calls ICE for a detainer and they happen to catch this, they will come down on the officer or the supervisor that informs ICE about an ICE detainer for a warrant. So even if there was a warrant, they can't honor it because they, if you notify ICE, there's a record of it through a telephone message log, which is where we, we log important notifications to people. And if they call and they catch that, they could punish you severely because that is the internal memos, the internal rule that you do not honor ICE detainers. And that goes back to one, Ed Koch, two, it's a police department memo since uh, Bill de Blasio. And I don't believe Eric Adams has done anything to change that either. So in other words, in other words, Sal, uh, and this is what I try to explain to people night after night. It's not really at the discretion of the officers, at the discretion of the city government and at the topper echelons of the uh, police department. Correct. That's correct. Dominic. It, it essentially it falls of Eric Adams with, a, with, a, with one decree of his pen to put an executive order in and say, OK, we're going to now start honoring uh, ICE, you know, ICE detainer warrants and the police department could turn around and start honoring them themselves. But I guess, you know, maybe they should ask him that when he's at Concert Free Throw because he doesn't care to seem about, he doesn't care about anything other than the party at night, like he was doing the other night at Zero Bond. So I don't see any of that changing, unfortunately, Dominic. Okay, thank you, Paulie. Let's go to Silas Staten Island. Good evening. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Okay, yeah, it's no mystery uh, why Sal was taken off, because he's a friend of Roger Stone, and Roger Stone is a friend of Trump. Anybody who's associated with Trump, they want to take up, they want to take off the table. So w we know that if uh, he wasn't, they wouldn't have even bothered with him. And every from the top down, you can see how um, it, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat. If you have anything to do with Trump, you're out. And just like what they're doing with the migrants here, they're making sure that citizens are afraid to protect themselves. And they're making sure doing that since they couldn't defund the police, they're going to make sure the police don't want to be police. That's what they're doing here. Interesting. And Bragg is just another thug. In interesting, Silas. What is your reaction, Sal? Uh, thanks, uh, Cyrus, for the support. I'll tell you this, you know, I, I, I believe in everything you said. It's definitely a political hit, what happened with me. Bragg definitely is a political operative, the way he's operating as a district attorney. And I'll, and I'll say this, you know, retrospective how people feel about Roger Stone. People like him, people don't like him. Feelings cannot determine how you go forward. It's always by law and things that you do with facts. The facts of this case are... Roger Stone, people don't like him. Yes, he's a Republican. So they attacked him and Donald Trump by terminating me. But if you flip the script, while well, they're, they're actually committing reckless endangerment at a nightclub where they're all together, okay, and they're associating with criminals and felons all day, which, by the way, Concefrito was in a publication, city and state, named one of the top 50 Democratic hangouts. So that's giving me a nod. If this was a top 50 Republican hangout, what would happen? Because it's definitely political and that they're hanging out. They're all buddy buddies. I mean, look who's there. Letitia James, she's the attorney general of New York State. I don't know what the hell she's doing with Jimmy Rodriguez and Richie Caban, but she's there 
So is Carl Hasty. So you see the names. They're all Democrats. We don't see a Donald Trump walking in a concert freedom. In fact, I'm a, you know, I keep hearing a rumor that Donald Trump wants to have a rally in the Bronx. Let's, I mean, uh, even if it's jokingly, but hey, let's have it in front of Concertfreita. I hear, the, I hear it's a, it's a great atmosphere over there. Apparently, for for politicians. Well, you, you know, thank you for the call, Silas. And let me say this, Sal. So uh, years ago, right? Or and I've told you before, I've I've been to the uh, to the to uh, Jimmy's newest restaurant. I've been to all of his establishments. Full disclosure, yes, yes. right? And so yes. I've been to the newest one. I I didn't see uh, any any elected officials there the the evening I was there. But I, but I know how Jimmy rolls. Um, and but, but let me say this: what comes to mind is Elaine. I, Elaine's. I don't know if you remember Elaine's, but back in the day, all of us used to hang out at Elaine's. You have a hard day's work, uh, putting out the stories, and then you go to Elaine's, have a drink or two, hang out with the Hollywood crowd, hang out with other reporters. What's the difference? I know you're going to say to me a criminal element, but what's the difference? You know, the difference here is especially with uh, politicians and cops and criminals all at the same place. It's the appearance of free drinks, free, you know, it's going to be a conflict of interest. Is this the same thing as saying you don't like that I was hanging out with Roger Stone, even though there was no monetary gain, there was no criminal acts being done. Well, what are you doing there? Well, clearly there are there is something criminal. There's reckless, there's reckless engagement going on. And there's all kinds of allegations also, Dominic, because there's another officer. His name. Are you there, Sal? Go ahead. Yeah. So that person, that this person, Romero, who sued the the city and the NYPD, he was an officer that made all these allegations before me about the Concertfrito and and what's going on there. Did he win? well, it's currently in the in the court right now. He he, he made he made allegations that they terminated him for something else. And this officer Romero, in his claims, actually had the pictures of them associating with the with with the, with Jimmy and and Richie Caban and what's all going on. And it, and it's all these allegations that everybody. I mean, it's like it's out in the open. It's like the eight hundred pound elephant in the room. One is discounted meals, discounted drinks. There may be things going on with women in there. There may be. Drugs, of course, because that's the history of Jimmy Rodriguez's place is always drugs and violence and all these things that occurred there, which, by the way, Dominic, that would automatically put it on an unlawful locations list. His history alone would, would tell the NYPD. It's like saying this place is owned by a crime family. We know this. Right. But, but oh, cops could go there and do whatever they want because it's a place of business. No, it's an unlawful location. Free drinks, free gratuities, all, all this kind of stuff. We have these things in the uh Precinct, Dominic, a list of places. There's there's places in Mulberry Street right now, Little Italy, that we're on, put on an unlawful location list for this reason. Associations or past or criminal connections. So why is Concentrado not on there, especially with this guy's history? So that, I mean, these are all questions that would come up. These are things that would come up in the, in a court case or something that should be asked to Eddie Caban or Kaz Daudry or John Shell, who come on this radio station, but are never asked an easy question like this. What's the deal with this concert How are you guys allowed to step foot in there when all of this stuff is going on? You terminate cops saying they violate these rules, but you're violating the rules times 10. I mean, how, how is this going? It's going to be one rule for everybody, Dominic. You can't have one rule for Eric Adams, another rule for everyone else. Well, I, I want to uh, do this. I, I'm, I'm wrapping this up. I, I have one question, actually two. The first question is, how can people reach you? 
We've received a lot of uh, interest in you. How can people reach you? One. Okay, so you can go. First, I have my own website. It's salgreco.com. You could drop off emails there. Also, uh, on Twitter, it's at the Sal Greco. It's the same on Instagram, at the Sal Greco. And on Truth Social, it's at head of the table. And the, the final question, Mr. Greco, what has been the impact? And then I'm going to take general calls uh, from the public. What has been the impact of you losing your job? I've lost everything, Dominic. I lost, I lost where I, I can't live in New York. I had to leave. I lost my job. I lost my pension. I lost my savings. I lost a lot of friends. I, I mean, it was very hard. You can't get a job because I don't have a good guy letter. I, you know, I'm some guy that lost his job because they're saying I was associated with criminals and all that. So the impact of this has been very large on my family. I lost my father in the middle of this too. But I'm sitting here, Dominic, and I'm going to fight this to the end because, number one, I need to clear my name. Because my name, Greco, I mean, I was a top cop. In the, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, Dominic, but I was the number one cop for, for DWI arrest. I took pride in this thing. I mean, I was trying to, you know, I have over 50 awards under my belt, Dominic. I have nothing nefarious there. You know, you talk about cops that are active out there, Dominic. A lot of them end up getting sued a thousand times and have a million civilian complaint uh, on them. I don't have any of this stuff. But yet they wanted to label me as some flunky, disgraced cop because I'm friends with someone that they didn't like because they want to operate on feelings and not facts, which is illegal in this country. So, you know, I'm here to clear my name and I don't want this happening to anyone else. And I'll always be someone's advocate because I will oppose this administration, which is the most single corrupt administration in history in New York City, because Eric Adams, number one, he's the best dressed mayor since Jimmy Walker, the most corrupt mayor since William O'Dwyer, and the most incompetent mayor since Bill de Blasio. And if anybody doesn't see it by now, New York City being run by him is the reason you have all these problems today. Well, that's that's a lot to uh, to chew on there, Sal Greco, former NYPD officer, and calls are still coming in for you uh, as we speak. A former NYPD officer who was fired from the uh, department, he's uh, now suing and again, your issue is that you were fired because of your friendship with Roger Stone, but yet the mayor and top brass are at this restaurant uh, that that's that that uh, is uh, what's the word I'm looking for that that they shouldn't be at. Correct. Correct. It's uh, un unsavory characters would go there. And at the, let's go back in history. Major League Baseball banned their own players from going yes. to Jimmy's old place. Yes, they so did. It's, they it's did. a history of this. It's a history of this. It's not just like one one incident. It's all 30 years worth of it. Hey, Sal, I, I keep saying last question, but but I but I'm curious about this and I'll let you go here. So what about the argument that in the minority community, oftentimes the good guys, the bad guys, so the guys that make it out of the hood grow up with the guys that end up being mobsters and, and criminals and everything else. And, and that, and that the worlds interact, you know? So like, like, for example, the time that I'm there, right? I know mm -hmm. at the next table there may be a drug dealer uh, when when I was you know from when I was growing up. I mean, it's the way of the world. What do you say to that? My my understanding and how I see it with this rule is that just because you know somebody or they're your friend and they may have done something twenty thirty years ago or in the past, it, as long as there's no criminal act 
involving you and this person or you're engaged in, there should be no issue with that. I mean, look, Eric Adams as a, as a cop, he was associating and acting as a bodyguard, which is technically illegal, which they're trying to say I did, with Al Sharpton, Louis Farrakhan, and Mike Tyson. And there was a whole thing with that. But in the end, is there really a problem with that? I don't know. I mean, to me, if you're friendly with somebody that has a record and you're not doing anything illegal with them, there shouldn't be an issue with that. But with them, they took this to the 10th level saying you're guilty because they saw red seeing Roger Stone. And, but the problem here is they're actually involved with somebody who's committing criminal acts right now. The fact that they're operating this place still to this day with all these violations and here, I mean, I just saw the court order. They owe the 14,000 illegal fees to the, I mean, this is crazy to the, to the landlord, the landlord tried to evict them. The marshal now could be enacted after the 8th of February here. They owe all this money. They didn't even pay the rent. I mean, these are criminal acts. In my opinion, that's reckless endangerment, keeping a place yeah. open yeah. with that structure open. Yeah, so and, and the, may- the in- mayor and the police commissioner have no place uh, being in locations like that. I got to wrap this up, Sal. I look forward to uh, checking in on your case from time to time to see how things are going. I thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you for the time, Dominic. It's it's been an honor. Uh, thank you also to uh, Curtis Sleeva, who's like hitting the nail on the head every day about this because it's a lot of people always uh, asking me about this. Uh, same goes to Roger. Roger has his show here, and uh, uh, all the people out there to support me. Whether you like me personally or not, this is an issue that should rock someone to the core because they could easily just take your life away over some made-up allegations. And meanwhile. We don't even know what they're doing because what they're doing is 20 times worse than what you could even imagine, especially with this. And we'll see where this road leads. We don't even know if the U.S. attorney's looking at stuff in this because, you know, in Southern District, because Eric Adams already has other investigations going on. I don't, I, we'll see what even happens with Contra Frito because apparently they have to leave by August of this year. If they even do that, they don't violate anything else. So there's a lot going on. And I, I, I feel for the men and women the police department and New York city. And, uh, I hopefully this becomes issues that either one come up in the next mayoral election and two that the, the men and women of police department deserve better. And hopefully okay. moving forward, they have the support they need. Sal Greco. Thank you so much for joining us. Dominic Carter here with you time for a break. When we come back, your telephone calls. Everybody. Everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. Dominic Carter here with you until 1 a.m. Then Frank Morano's been kind enough to invite me to uh, join him for a few minutes. Let's go to your telephone call. Howard calls, that is, Howard in Queens. Good evening. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, how are you? Uh, by the way, I like your show and I listen to you every night. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And I happen to be a blind person, but uh, I'm very conservative. Okay, here's my question. With all the problems we have in this country, what's the solution? If only 1% of the American people finally get fed up, we could have a civil war. That's what I'm afraid of. If there are no solutions or one side doesn't want to fix the problems, and I agree with that detective, he got screwed, if you want to say, what's the answer? I don't want to see a civil war, but how do we solve these problems? 
Well, you know what, Howard? It, it's, a, it's a great question. And um, the answer that I have, I know most people don't want to hear, but, but more of us have to turn out and uh, vote. And we have to, we must. It's the only solution that I see, get politicians that represent our interests, whatever those interests may be. And so for me, that means that we need more modern, uh, uh, more, more politicians that, that are more middle of the road, uh, center right, I would say. We've got to get away from this nonsense of what is happening are happening these days around the country where police are openly being attacked within the last 24 hours. A cop punched in the face. This is becoming, thank you for the call, this is becoming a regular and it must stop. When we come back, hour number two, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. WABC. One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good Monday morning, everyone. Hope you had a great weekend. We are starting with news out of Georgia. Relax, relax. Sometimes things have a way of working themselves out. Embattled Georgia Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis in an affidavit is admitting to having a, um, <clears throat> let's see, what's the best way we can say this? It's a, uh, it is a uh, personal relationship. That's the language. That's the language that she used. A personal relationship with lead prosecutor Nathan Wade but says it should not warrant tossing out the charges against former President Donald Trump. This is how this was covered with Atlanta First News. I think the biggest thing is that she did not deny being in a relationship with the man she hired to be special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, but she said it didn't begin until after November 2021, the month that Nathan Wade was hired and brought onto this team as a special prosecutor. She also very defiantly fought back against allegations that she benefited financially from Wade's large contract with her office. So a term we used uh, growing up when we didn't in the Bronx, when we didn't believe something, we would say, yeah, right. So to this next point, I say a big, yeah, right. Willis says the relationship started in 2022, but the court papers say there was no personal relationship at the time Wade was hired again. Yeah, right. This is Atlanta First News. Willis admitted to the relationship. In the opening pages of her response, Willis said her romantic partnership with Nathan Wade began after his hiring in November 2021, and she violated no state or local laws when bringing him onto the team. Quote, any personal relationship among members of the prosecution team does not amount to a disqualifying conflict of interest, Willis writes. Two. Willis says she did not benefit financially from Wade's hiring. Wade was paid almost $600,000 since 2021 for his work on the case. All the while, he and Willis took vacations and cruises together as proven in Wade's financial documents. But Willis said the two never shared a bank account or a home, and they split expenses, quote, relatively evenly when together. Prove it. 
Madam DA, prove that you paid your own way. It's real simple. Show the receipts. Let's see them, Madam DA. You didn't comment on the relationship for, think about this, folks. We would have never have known this if she could have got away with this. Just think about that, right? Also, the judge in the uh, Trump trial, District Judge Tanya uh, Chutkin, has formally pushed back the March 4th trial date. Trial date. Not going to say I told you so, but I told you so, that it was not going to start on March 4th. My contention, now this I may prove to be wrong, maybe one of these trials will start before the end of the year, and that's it. And at that point, Trump's headed back to the White House and untouchable for the next four years. Period. End of story. So the judge has uh, formally pushed back the March 4th trial date, as she should. We're in the middle of an election year. So this was the criminal trial in Washington related to efforts to allegedly, allegedly emphasis on allegedly overturn the 2020 election results. You see, sooner or later, the proof is in the pudding. You've got to prove the allegations. And I know the special prosecutor will say that he could make his case, but we'll see. We'll see. Not going to happen for some time. They got the headlines that they wanted, but now you've got to prove your case and you've got to get it to a court of law first, first. And no matter what the judge rules, the Supreme Court will have the final say on this. We see all the calls that are coming in from Yonkers to Brooklyn, to the Bronx, to New Jersey and other places. Norman in Brooklyn. We'll get to them in just a second. I am still fascinated by a 60 Minutes report that I watched tonight. They said the, the leading uh, group of people coming in as it relates to migrants happen to be Chinese migrants crossing into the U.S. at the southern border. They learn how to do this based on TikTok. TikTok. This is part of the report from uh, 60 Minutes just a few hours ago. About two hours after these migrants arrived, we saw the Border Patrol pull up, broadcasting recorded instructions in Mandarin. The migrants were driven to a detention facility near San Diego, where they are given background checks. Some are interviewed. Typically, within 72 hours, they are released into the United States and can begin the process of filing an asylum claim. Again, according to 60 Minutes, and these are middle-class people, 60 Minutes, the growing number of uh, Chinese migrants crossing into the U.S. at the southern border. Listen again. This is part of a 60 Minutes piece tonight. For years, millions of Chinese entered the U.S. with a visa that allowed them to visit, work, or study. But in the last few years, those visas have been increasingly difficult to secure, as tensions between the two countries have grown. In 2016, the U.S. granted 2.2 million temporary visas to Chinese nationals. In 2022, it was just 160,000. So a lot of these folks may have come... Tammy Lin is an immigration attorney and has worked with clients from China for nearly two decades. If someone's not granted asylum here, will China then say, okay, yes, we'll take them back? I haven't seen that happen, really. I, I think I, even back to 2008, a lot of the Chinese nationals that had failed asylum cases weren't able to get passports uh, to be put on the plane to be sent back. So we can't send you back. 
So isn't that just wonderful? Come here illegally and you can't be sent back to China because China won't accept you. There is a term, another term that we used to use as kids. Sucker. And we are starting to look like we're at the uh, the lower end of this stick here in terms of anybody and everybody can come here. And that's that. We pick up the cost. End of story. Hey, remember that nutty uh, NYC New York City professor that held the machete to the Post reporter's uh, neck that was fired uh, from uh, from her job? And so now I say good for you, Cooper Union. And normally I wouldn't say that because they gave her another job. They hired her, Miss Machete. And then she posted anti-Israel rants online, and they have fired her. This is what the initial confrontation sounded like. Imagine yourself being the reporter that knocked on this woman's door, and she walks out and puts a machete to your neck. Away from my door. Get the away from my door. Let's let's get out of here. You can't do that. Away from my door. Get the away from my door. Let's let's get out of here. You can't do that. Wow. Wow. Well, some big news for Trump. He scored his, and we'll get to this in just a second, but I want to start with some of your telephone calls. He scored his biggest lead yet over Biden in a new NBC poll. We will break break that down. Also, he laid out his criteria and tossed out one or two names, uh, teasing his short list that there are a lot of good people for number two. And the name that he brought up automatically, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. And I found it interesting that on that, it was a Saturday, it was a Sunday night, actually, when Tim Tim Scott out of nowhere just dropped out of the race. Somebody made a phone call to him and told him to get out for some reason. That's my speculation. But anyway, let's begin with your telephone calls. Larry in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, I caught the tail end of of the Greco. I really didn't hear it, but I want to make a point about the Sal Greco. Uh, uh, but people of New York City should know today that if you're a white police officer, you are walking on thin ice. They are just waiting for you to do something. Because, um, you know, that Duran case where the uh, officer was indicted for stopping that uh, moped guy by throwing a uh, cooler in his head? Yes. That's Okay, look, I'll tell you the truth, Dominic. I'm an attorney. I don't practice criminal law. But as far as I could see, that's an illegal indictment because the Supreme Court said that if you're a fleeing felon and you present a danger to the public, you're, you're allowed to be fired upon. Now, he wasn't fired upon. He was a cooler was thrown in his head. So what they're saying basically is that, well, you should have fired a bullet in his head instead of a cooler. It's, I think a cooler, a cooler thrown at your head is better than a bullet fired at your head, right? That's what I would think. But they're indicting him because he threw a cooler. And even Eric Adams reacted by saying, our policy is not to throw coolers. But he was allowed to fire his gun from what I could see. So it's an illegal indictment. So I don't understand what's going down in this city with white officers. I really don't. What about the uh, officer? And I don't know his race. Uh, we have an officer who was punched in the face. I'm not referring, uh, Larry, to the migrant situation, but in Times Square, uh, a few hours ago, an officer was punched in the face. I didn't hear about that. So um, that happens every day, probably. I mean, uh, what's the point? I don't know. 
What's the point? Uh, I mean, these things happen all the time. So what's the point? The point is they're not supposed to happen and it has to stop somehow, some way. I don't know how, but it has to stop. It seems well, like- yeah, and I'll tell you something. I'll make one more point. Uh, Judge Janine made an interesting point. She said, I wonder what those, what kind of identification those migrants presented in court before they were freed without pale, she said, because she used to be a prosecutor. I mean, do these people have to walk around with ID, with, with legal ID? What what is on these people? I mean, do they even know their names? That are they go are they going just on face? Wouldn't it be funny, Dominic, if they're doing a cross country search or even a city search of these people just by a face, just by a, a video camera, and those, not even by a name? And that's the Larry, same video the, camera. Those what? migrants are a lot slicker than we give them credit for. There, you, you see, the photographer asked him, "What do you think about America?" And that's when he put up both middle fingers. They're a lot slicker uh, than all of that garbage about political. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm fleeing, uh, you know, situations that are oppressed situation. I've never bought that for one second. Did you? Oh, it's all it's all a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> they created their own impression their own oppression. The cartels came to them and they said, you're going to America or else cough up the thirty thousand dollars. We created the oppression. Of course, it's Milwaukee. Right. Okay, Larry. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. What's on your mind? Yeah, Dominic, I hate to give you the bad news, but I think you've just about run out of great black hopes. First, it was Eric Adams. He was going to be the black Democrat Giuliani. You had high hopes for him. I could tell. And I don't blame you. You figured, well, he's a cop. He'll be for law and order. Total, total disaster. He's even worse than I thought he was after listening to that policeman. Then you had high hopes for this guy, Youssef, who was part of the the uh, Central Park Five. After what he did to that cop, who was super polite to him, there was no reason for him to start screaming, oh, this was racism. First of all, he wasn't even a white cop. He was a minority cop, and you couldn't have been nicer. So you could forget about Youssef. Now, I hate to tell you, but there ain't no more black hopes. There are black Giuliani's, but they're not in the Democratic Party. I can tell you a list of them in the Republican Party. But you know and I know, as you said, no way, shape, or form can a Democrat be elected in New York City. So as far as, like you were telling me, you might be thinking of moving back to New York Take my advice. I like you. I don't want to see anything happen to you. Stay in White Landia, where the white people will protect you. That's what we do. Like in my town, we have a couple of black people living here. We protect them. We don't let their own people. Hey, hurt Michael. Them. You, you know it's kind of offensive. You're you're telling me that I need white people to protect me. It's, well, it's true. No, I don't need anybody to protect me. No. No, here's how they do it. They vote in conservative people. Like in my town, my mayor, I want, I, you can go into my mayor's office and talk to him. And I happened to see them at a function, and I said to him, the police here don't, use, don't wear cameras. Would you ever 
make them wear cameras? You know what he told me? Over my dead body, my cops are not wearing cameras. If they have to use force, they're going to be able to use it as much as they think necessary. Cameras, you think cameras are good. He says cameras are terrible. If they accidentally, if they hit someone a little too often or they hit them too hard, right away they're ready to bring them up on charges. No camera, no prosecution. The cops are free to use as much necessary force as as needed. That's what he thinks. And I totally agree with him, right? Because the cops in New York are afraid to do anything. Like they beat the hell out of those two cops. Why did they pull out the, the, the batons? Why didn't they even take out their gun and threaten to shoot them? Because they're scared. They are terrified. So yes, white people protect black people when they live in white neighborhoods. But black people do not protect white people in black I, I, neighborhoods. I, I still don't understand why you're making this analogy, but I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I really don't get it, well, Michael. But the truth. How could you not understand? Oh. You're an intelligent person. You right. do understand. You don't want to understand because you're saying it's offensive. Now, it, it's not a question of being offensive. It is reality. In my town, you can leave your car door open, the windows down, the, the electronic key on the seat with a $100 bill. Come back a week later. The car will be there. The $100 bill will be there. There is no crime in my town. Do you think you can do that in New York? You can do it where you live, you yourself said, it's unheard of to have drive-by shootings, carjackings, muggings where you live. Is that the same case as in New York? Hell no. You take your life in your hands, especially at night. Going into the subway, you, you better bring a Bible with you and start, start praying to God. Everything I'm saying is the truth. It's not nice, but the truth never is. The truth is the truth is the truth, and that's the truth. That's reality. I'm trying to protect you, your wife, and your son. I like you because you are a rarity among the majority of the black people. Let's be honest. Don't think the way you do. I wish to God they would because it would be great if they did. I would love for you to move into my town. I would accept you with open arms. I, I would tell my wife to bake one of her famous cheesecakes and I'd bring it over to your house. Because you are, you are right, not. But Michael, but Michael, thank you. Not but, 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 but thank you for the love. But but I wouldn't need you to welcome me into the community I'll as long as I can afford to live there. I don't need your or anybody else's permission. But but I understand your point. Love right back. That, that you're, you're saying you're issuing love in Michael's way, John Wayne style. And I say right back at you, Michael. Love you. Love having you as a guest on the program. Thank you for the call. I know I'm going to regret this, but let's go to Melvin in the Bronx. Good morning, Melvin. What's on your mind? Uh, about uh, your guest, best, uh, Mr. Greco, talking about uh, the um, good mayor Adams. Well, uh, protecting uh, Reverend Sharpton, Mr. Farrakhan, and others. Well, it was brought up to my attention when I heard down in the seminar that we presented in the audience that they had on tape. A dress being made against their life by police officers. Okay, so, wait, wait, wait. You, you, wait, wait. You said you said the seminar you attended. You didn't say it was a, it was sponsored by who. You didn't say who who sponsored it. Oh, the National Action Network. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I know you. Don't, I know you don't have Hazel Deuce come on your show for NWACP or anybody from the Urban League. Hello. Oh, Melvin. 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 
Do you know that I have a very close relationship with Hazel Dukes, the state chair of the NW? Melvin, you're talking about something. See, I hate when people start yap, 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 and you don't know what the I almost said something else. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I have no uh, I have delivered speeches on behalf of Hazel Dukes from New York City to Buffalo. What are you talking about? And out of state but yet, speeches. But and yet, but yet. Well, yeah, fine. Yeah, you condemn or uh, whatever it is. Um, anybody doing want to take a stick? Anybody, we can agree to disagree without being disagreeable. All I'm talking about right, is one but, issue. But, 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 but Melvin, but Melvin, but please don't approach me with assumptions. You're doing the same thing, not, Michael. Not, you're doing the same thing Michael just did. No, nope, you're, 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 you're coming at me with assumptions. I'm talking about one issue, approving the quality of life, because people are making decisions based on pigmentation analysis, which is wrong and different. This wait, 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 wait. Who's making decisions based on color? I don't your understand. Previous, your previous guest talking about how the white folks is buried and they can protect the black folks. Oh, please. Oh, you mean the, you mean the last know. caller, not the last yes. guest. You mean uh, because I didn't say the last, I, I, you didn't say the last caller, and that would mean that you're saying that Mr. Greco said that he did not make no, no such comment. That. that was I Michael from New that. Jersey giving his opinion the same way that you give your opinion. Thank you, Melvin Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. You're on Talk Radio 77 Good. WABC. Oh my God. Good morning, Dominic. Uh, hey, but okay, Norman, let the record by- let the record reflect. That I take all calls. Let the yes, record you. reflect, because every time I take Melvin's call, I get a headache. But I still take mm-hmm. his call because he has a right, and I believe he's a veteran, which gives him even more say. Mm-hmm. He has a right to express his opinion, even though half the time I don't know what he's talking about. But go right ahead, Norman. Well, he didn't get into the uh, I don't know 1860s this time, so it was a little. It was a little, it was contemporary at least. Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway, you played a soundbite from some uh, an African American guy who was angry at the inequity of In how, right? How he's being ignored? How they're doing stuff here? Well, anyway, I had an experience this week on the two train. Um, 76-year-old African-American guy, a Vietnam veteran. I knew he was a Vietnam veteran. He was wearing a Vietnam veteran hat. And when I started, he was was asking for money. He smelled bad. He looked really like uh, in pain, physically, psychically. Anyway, he was was walking up the aisle. And I said to him, I said, oh, you're in Vietnam. And, and, And he told me, he told me his MOS, his military occupational specialty. He was a machine gunner. He told me when he was in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't ordinarily give money to homeless people. I just, I just don't, you know, but anyway, I just, it touched me. So I, I took out a couple of bucks and I gave it to him and, um, it just, you know, it, it just hurt me. You know, I'm thinking, you know, this guy is 76 years old, he's a Vietnam veteran. He's a citizen. Uh, you know, he went to hell. He's not doing well. And, you know, he, I'm sure he would like to be in a hotel in the, you know, in the Milford Plaza, I don't know, whatever they call it, getting a credit card and getting a free phone and all these things that they're giving them. And, you know, it just, it, it, it bothered me. And, you know, I, I, to some degree, I think it's good that that guy was complaining. And I think that that is the road that the reason why Donald Trump's going to be reelected in, in November, because, 
you know, I, I think, you know, the, this government's playing us as a bunch of schmucks, you know, I mean, we're just letting in these people, you know, a, a lot of these people are convicts and, uh, you know, they could be as, evident, as evident of that attack on the uh, New York City police officers. You can't tell me that they well, one, we do know have a criminal past, but go ahead, Norman. Yeah, no, I just I just think, you know, let this play out. Let the Democrats do what they got to do that. You know, they're damaging this country. They're hurting this country. But I do believe they got they got a surprise coming them in November. And, um, you know, I just I, I, I think happy days will be here again. Right now, you know, things are just really bad, you know, really miserable for this country. Every day we get up and there's some some, you know, new horror show we have to deal with. But I, I do believe, unlike Michael and unlike, you know, Larry, perhaps I do believe there's hope. I do believe, I do believe that, you know, a shining future is coming. And, and I have to believe that, you know, I mean, it's just to get up every day to do what I do, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm busy now. I'm working with Matsy Pillip. I'm trying to get her elected, you know, I'm, I'm volunteering, you know, I, I volunteer for whatever conservative causes, are, you know, are out there. And I just, I have to hope I have to just, keep hoping. And I just say, you know, keep hope alive, man. Just, you know, I tell that to the other callers and, 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 and I consider you a, a like a beacon of justice, man. I, I love hearing you every night. And well, I just, uh, thank I, I thank you from, from the bottom of my heart, sincerely for what you do. And, thank and you. that's it. Thank you, Norman. I, I enjoy chatting with you. I want you to have a great morning and I want you to stay positive. Uh, remember the glass is always half full, never half empty. Norman referenced the situation in Boston in which a man was very upset at police because he wanted to go to his community recreational center. Police had blocked it off uh, of or, by orders of the mayor, and it was now being used for migrants. And uh, the man was not very happy. Y'all give a f about the motherfuckers that was born and fucking raised here. Y'all raised the fucking rich so fucking high. Can't afford to live here, but y'all gonna bring some other motherfuckers here? That doesn't fucking add up. It doesn't make no sense. None. None. I'm fucking homeless. I work a full-time job, 40 hours, and can't pay to live here. How the fuck are y'all gonna bring somebody else here? Don't make no sense. None. But remember, folks, it's not the police that are bringing them here. It's the politicians. And then the police are the ones that are forced to uh, to enforce the rules. And so they become the bad guy when they're just doing their jobs. It is now time for a break. When we come back, we will talk about the latest poll. Former President Trump has his biggest lead yet over Biden plus Trump talks possible number two on his ticket. We will be right back with more of your telephone calls. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life. I gotta make it. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
And we are going back to your telephone calls in just a moment. But former President Donald Trump, I told you, folks, no Republican primary. There will be a general election. But at the end of it, Trump will emerge victorious. He is scoring his biggest lead yet against former President Biden in a new NBC poll. Here's the way it sounded as described by one of their folks, Steve Karnacki. Let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. And it's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll, and now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. Biggest lead. Biggest lead in an NBC poll for Mr. Trump. So forget about um, South Carolina. Forget Forget about everything else. The Republican primary race is over. Over. Finito. Done. You can almost say the same thing about the general election unless there are some dramatic changes. Mr. Trump, in a television appearance, also talked about his possible number two on the ticket. It's got to be one thing. It's got to be who would be a good president. I mean, you always have to think that because, you know, in case of emergency, things happen, right? No matter who you are, things happen. It's got to be number one. Who is your running mate? Well, I have a lot of good people. We have a lot of really good people. So you haven't decided who it is? I have a lot of good ideas, but I haven't. And there's no reason. So you haven't told that person you're my person. I I speak to everybody. I speak to everybody. You know, I called Tim Scott this because a lot of people like Tim Scott. I called him and I said, you're a much better candidate that for me than you are for yourself. Uh, Christy Noem has been incredible fighting for me. She said I'd never run against him because I can't beat him. That was a very nice thing to say. And in New Hampshire, when Trump won, who was standing directly behind him over his right shoulder, Senator Tim Scott. If he puts Scott on the ticket as an African-American, game over. It's almost game over now, but it will be finito. And I have a funny feeling that he's either going to go with a minority or a uh, woman. We'll see what happens. Mary... In Brooklyn, good morning, Mary. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks so much for taking my call. The, the, the screener thought it was off topic, but I just want to make an analogy. In 1945, there was 400, compared to the half, one and a half million or billion, I don't know, people try to come over from the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, they were running away from the flames of the Holocaust. They were running away from getting murdered not just a poor lifestyle, and they were sent back. The boat was not allowed to, to, to stop. They went right back and got killed. Here we're having millions, and that, w- w- can you imagine the difference? Because those were Jews. And I don't want to sound racial, but it is. It was the people had no intention of helping them out. And they were, the, the boat was turned around and returned to Europe. Okay, so the point you're trying to make as it relates to migrants? 
an analogy. They were they were trying to be migrants. They were trying to migrate. They were wanted, and they would have been hardworking people. They were not going to take a penny from the government. They and they were sent back. Can you explain the difference? What happens with the, with the Democrats? No, I can't because I I I don't understand it's the frame of mind. You're right. Uh, no, I don't understand the frame of mind, and if I can't understand the frame of mind, then I can't explain the situation. But I but I thank you for the analogy, Mary. It, it's a very interesting one. Thank you, and have a great morning. Let's go to John on Long Island. Good morning, John. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Good evening, Dominic. Dominic, uh, in the topic of uh, homelessness and so forth, I, there's a guy on YouTube I follow. He's a young kid, he's an Asian kid, American. He goes by the name of Bond. He walks around Manhattan and he approaches, you can tell, the homeless people, and also African American, and he asks them a question What's the biggest regret in your life? And these guys, you know, it's just sad. They break down some, uh, they, they lost their child, they left their girlfriend, or their life went in a different direction. And these are solid guys. These are, you know, men in their 60s, 70s. They're not a bunch of homeboys. These are just good men that broke out. And he, he gives them $500. And these guys just weep and they cry. It's an incredible thing to watch. And then he finds them later on. Like he'll, he'll you know, he'll scope them out later on and he approaches them. And they're like, you know, you don't believe my life has changed. I, I still have some money. I did this. I did that. Okay. I'm now, so wait, John, and, John, yeah, John, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, John, you <laughs> really believe their life changed with just five? I, please tell me you don't really believe that. No, what I mean, what they mean like that. Look, you got to watch it first of all. But they say the life. First changes of all, I wouldn't you know, waste my time watching something that I don't know uh, if it's real or not. It's very real. I mean, how listen, do you know? How do you know? Listen, it's, look, I'm not a silly guy. I'm a New York guy my whole life. This no, no, I, I got it, John. But what mm -hmm. I'm saying to you, how do you know this guy is not just doing this for clicks? It could be. It's always a positive. But I tell you, the, the genuinity is definitely there. When they approach them, they don't say like you change their life. They just say like they, from the point of they feel there's hope in this world and they seem to get in a better place because they have something to really to grasp onto. That's really what it is. It's not like a life change and living in the high and hog, but it seems very genuine to me. I don't think it's fake. I mean, okay, look, okay, uh, so John, guys, so, okay, yeah. so wait, so explain this to me. How does he find them a yeah. second time when he goes back? No, I think like, you know, you know, through the, through the magic of actually, you know, they, they probably look at a lot of people. They probably approach a lot of people as well, too. So they probably, you know, get the best people as far as they ask him questions. I don't think it's so right, constant. Right, like but that. you said, yeah. he, but you said he goes back and revisits them. How does he revisit? Yeah, what, well, I think what they do, they scope him out. A lot of his, a matter of fact, one of the girls I saw, I saw at Penn Station. She was that. Oh, I see you on TV. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people approach me on that. So it does go on. Like one girl I saw, she's always by Penn Station, and uh, she's got, she's actually, she's got um, one leg missing. And see, I saw her, see Sarah, may, maybe, maybe you're correct, John. But most homeless huh? people that I encounter. It's more than just a financial issue. It's a psychological issue. It's a housing issue. It's a mental health I, issue. It's on and on and on and on and on. It's a family issue. Well, like, I, I and I agree with you. You're right about that. But there's always people out there. They're not on that on that spectrum. And you have a little. You have a little understanding. There's people out there who are not drug addicts, who are not on the spectrum. You're a lot. You're a lot of them out there. But I think there's people out there who are not in that in that situation. They truly are in a desperate state of their life, and they can see it. I don't. You know, look like you said. You know, obviously your, your question. I get it. And there's all reasons for clicks. I get that totally. But this goes on. I think there's some disability to this. Anyway, just want to share with you. I appreciate okay. the show. You're great. Thank you, everybody in the show. Thank you, okay. thank you, John. You, you know, you know what it is. John, uh, it, my journalism uh, training comes out sometimes because uh, in 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 a uh, graduate class at Syracuse University, if you just presented something without having the facts to back it up, that would be a failing grade right there on the spot. As a matter of fact, 
um, I'll never forget a professor, Dwight Jensen. He's probably an old man or he's no longer with us. And I turned in a graduate paper on an, an internship where, where they wanted to hire me, right? That's how well it went. And I turned it in 15 minutes late and he gave me a C. And for a graduate student, a C is the equivalent of an F. And he said to me, Mr. Carter, I can assure you, you will never be late with another deadline again in your life. And in my business, even in radio, everything is timed up to the second. And so when you're traveling, especially in television, and you're in a city where you have no idea where you are, and the station's hired an interpreter for you, and you have on a bulletproof vest, and you've got to feed your story back at 1.45 p.m., they mean, because the satellite opens at 1.45 and you better be tracked, ready to go, and feed with video at 145, or the station will lose thousands of dollars for that satellite window. Things are a little different now, but Professor Jensen was correct. I never forgot, uh, never to uh, miss a deadline. But in my business, we double check everything. Al and Yonkers, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, good morning to you, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic, I'm not surprised with the latest poll that has uh, President uh, Trump uh, opening up a lead against Joe Biden. Uh, the reason is because the states that the president needs to win, President Trump, to get that 270, uh, he looks to be in good shape in Wisconsin and all. And just two other things quickly. Uh, I agree. I think Tim Scott would be a really great uh running mate because they seem to have good chemistry. They're comfortable around each other. And the only thing that uh, former President Trump and uh, the ticket has to be concerned about is voter fraud. Uh, we see states like Nevada that are notorious for that. They have, uh, you know, all things set up in, in uh, cities like Las Vegas with the unions. So I'm concerned about voter fraud as we move forward in 24. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and and I, I don't have any qualms with uh, being concerned about uh, voter fraud. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I yes. think I think by all accounts right now that um, that Mr. Trump is definitely headed back to the White House. I don't even see yes. the full contest as much of a race. So we'll we'll see what happens. Al, thank you so much for your call. Folks, let's uh, go to Frank in Maine. Good morning, Frank. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Always a pleasure and greetings from the very, very chilly state of Maine. Uh, Dominic, 60 Minutes at one point used to be a very, um, a very ethical news journalist investigative show. Um, way back when Ben Bradley was doing it and Mike Wallace was doing it. Uh, it was a trustworthy show. It was a show that was always in the top 10 in the Nielsen ratings. Now, I, I can't trust them. Um, there's something about them, and there's something about the journalists, quote-unquote, that they have on there, such as um, Anderson Cooper and company, who uh, I just don't feel like they're journalists. They're more um, lean toward the left. Now, I know Ben Bradley was a left leftist at one point, but... At least he showed a certain amount of fairness. I don't. I don't see sixty minutes doing that anymore. Um, and that 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 article or that that news report about the Chinese immigrants coming in, 
I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. I, I, you know, you're right about, you know, you got to see it. You need evidence. And I, I just don't see it, Dominic. Uh, so, yeah, I don't trust well, 60 they, Minutes at all. Frank, Dominic, they, they showed the video of the Chinese migrants coming in the hole in the fence. I mean, what, what other proof do you need to see? Uh, video, well, well, video over a four-day period. I, I understand that, Dominic, but... Can't they alter that? I mean, I mean, can't they alter those videos to the point where, you know, you say, oh, OK, it's more Chinese coming in. But anything can be done with video these days. Any anybody could edit anything out. And I, I'm sorry, Dominic, as much as it, it shows and you see it and it says it there, I. I can't believe it. I'm sorry, Dominic. Dominic, no, have a great I, night. I, I hear you, Frank. I, I hear you. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I think it's sad what Frank just said. And I think it's a repercussion of the fact that it, it, to watch television news, you have to have three or four monitors these days. You have to have Fox from the right. You have to have uh, MSNBC if you're far, 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 far left. You have to have CNN if you're center uh, center, if you're, if you're center left, you, you have to have different chat. And it's sad because listening to Frank's call, you know, people only believe what they want to believe. And that that's very scary to me that, oh no, I can't believe it because I didn't see it on Fox. Oh no, I can't believe it because I didn't see it on MSNBC. And MSNBC will give you all day long, and I mean all day long, uh, pro, pro-left politicians' story, and anything on the right is to make them look bad, to demonize them. It's just very, very unfortunate. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Another police officer has been assaulted, punched in the face. We will uh, give you an update on that situation when we come back. The Chronicles of Dominic Carter. Frank Morano has been uh, kind enough to invite me to join him. I'll be with him after 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. We will be right back. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. I the tiger, man. I the tiger. Come on. Ready to run through a wall when I hear Rocky theme music, the world of cinema. Morning farewell to Carl Weathers, the actor best known for his portrayal of Apollo Creed in the first four installments of the Rocky series. Weathers passed away peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, February 1st, at the age of 76, as confirmed by a family statement. I want you to wear these. Come on, Apollo. These are the colors that you wore in our first fight together. I, I, I can't wear your colors. Just wear them. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Bob. You just make sure you wash them before you bring them back, all right? <laughs> Will do. 
the news of his death has sparked an outpouring of heartfelt tributes from fans and colleagues alike, including Sylvester Stallone himself, his co-star from the Rocky series. Stallone took to social media to express his grief and honor his late friend. Stallone said, quote, we lost a legend yesterday. My friend will, my friend was forever changed. My life was changed forever for the better. The day I met Carl Weathers, rest in peace and keep punching, Stallone said. So he posted a very uh, interesting um, and emotional uh, uh, tweet or X, whatever you want to call it. In a moment, I'm going to Jerry in New Jersey. But again, an update, another police officer assaulted. I'm not just referring to the migrant attack on the two NYPD officers, an NYPD cop punched in the face by a 24-year-old Long Island man, the latest attack on police. This happened uh, early Sunday, shortly after midnight in the Times Square area. Police responded to a call of a disorderly man at Broadway and 42nd Street. They asked him to uh, leave the area. So hopefully the officer is okay. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Good morning, Jerry. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, Byron Donald uh, being Trump's vice president. I think he's a player down the road, uh, wants to be a player right now, but he's not. He's not ready for that yet. Not ready for that at all yet. What do you think, Jerry? I I would just love to see him elevated to that position of, uh, you know, the air in 2028. I would think that that would be that would that would be a great position for him to be in right now. OK, but, you know, I, but I think, Jerry, but what what's the experience to back that up? I just I, I just love his message. And I think next to Tim Scott, I think that I think he's I, I think he's head and shoulders above. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for the call, Jerry. Folks, we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. You know, the migrant attack on the uh, police officers, it's still hard to to swallow. It's a bitter pill to swallow. And uh, Governor Hochul, Governor Hochul is stepping up her criticism as it relates to the incident. All I know is that an assault on a police officer means that she should be sitting in jail like there's an individual right now sitting in Rikers uh, pending your trial date. That's Governor Hoku. And again, another story that we're also following, if you watch 60 Minutes uh, tonight, they did a piece on, uh, it's called the San Judas Break, where migrants are pouring into America and it's through a hole in the fence. And according to 60 Minutes, most of these migrants that are coming in now happen to be Chinese. Chinese. That's the largest group coming in right now, according to 60 Minutes. And they they said in the piece that you can learn the entire way of how to get this done online via TikTok. On TikTok. You can learn how to violate our country and how to come in. We're taking your calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. 
Here is part of that piece from 60 Minutes. This week on 60 Minutes, we reported on the rising number of Chinese migrants at the U.S. southern border. We visited the area, which is a break in the border fence near Yacumba Hot Springs, California. It's called San Judas Break, and it's named after a neighboring Mexican town. Many of the Chinese migrants will end up asking for political asylum. Sam Schultz lives nearby. The metal part of the wall was built during the Obama era in this lovely concertina wire was added by Mr. Trump. Uh-huh. And uh, as you can see, it is just a straight walk around. It's been there pushed it aside. Yeah, and just here, I mean, reality is, is that the wall is at least six feet and sometimes more inside of American territory. Uh-huh. So even if you go down there, you're technically still in America. If people all the way in China know there's a hole here, clearly the Border Patrol knows there's a hole here. Why is there still a hole here? I, I have asked this question to everyone. 60 Minutes. I, I just found the piece uh, fascinating. So I'm looking at my uh, Twitter, at my Twitter, my X, whichever you want to call it here. So I'm looking at some of the comments. Jimmy James says, uh, referring to one of the callers, Michael needs to stop talking about race this, race that. He needs a new song to sing. Guy is boring. Jersey Shore Girl says, Melvin, Michael, question mark, question mark, question mark. Here we go on 77 WABC, back-to-back confusing callers. And Irish Today writes uh, here, Michael's on a rant tonight. Introduce him and uh, Melvin to Mr. Click. Melvin has too much hate. Folks, you can reach me on Twitter, X at Dominic TV, Twitter, X at Dominic TV, on Instagram and uh, Facebook, Dominic Carter TV. And again, you can reach me for the next couple of minutes until 1 a.m. at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And at 1 a.m., we'll have news headlines at the top of the hour. And, of course, Frank Morano is standing by. And uh, Frank has been kind enough to ask me to join him at the top of his program. So please stay with us because I will be with Frank uh, coming up in just uh, a couple of minutes. Let's go to James in Queens. Good morning, James. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, um, Dominic. Right quick. Well, first, I want to make a quick comment about Mike. I've been listening to this show about a year and a half, and every time he talks, he talks about black. And I felt that he insulted you by saying you need protection. You're a journalist. You made it. You don't need nobody to protect you and guard you. But anyway, I called to talk about the migrants. I think they all... They all should have been locked up right then and there. No bail, no nothing. Agreed. And that they the one is going to be taken over. That's what they need to be worried about. This new land, um, Mike, what they said, millions of them came over here? That's what they should be worried about. And I want to ask, do you think Trump going to make it? <laughs> I, I definitely think he's going to make it. What do you think, James? I think he's going to make it. I think he's really going to make it. I think they're going to... Um, Postpone everything and do what they're gonna do, and then he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna come to president again. Yeah. You know? I, I now, why do you believe that way? Uh, 
I, I, I just feel he's a, a very good guy, and I think they gave him a raw deal. Even a lot of people don't agree with me. Even some of the lawyers, I think, didn't really treat him right. I, I'm talking about as far as finance and stuff like that. I think he just got a raw deal all the way around. Politics, lawyer, court, they just jerking him all the way around. But I, I think he's going to come back and come back strong. It, it does appear to be that way, James. I thank you deeply for the call. And don't worry, Michael nor anyone else can get under my skin. I, I appreciate what you're saying. But you're right. I don't need protection from uh, from anyone. I'm a grown man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I support my family. And that's that. James, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Atlanta, Georgia. Let's say good morning to Jane. Good morning, Jane. What's on your mind? Well, I'm speaking for homeless people who are beggars or, or uh, thieves or what they keep running us down like we're nobodies. I have two college degrees. I'm not stupid. My house got broken pipes, flooded me out while I was in a nursing home for three months, and then a roof. A limb, a limb hit my roof and got me on top beside. So when I walk in, oh, what a mess. And so, I have a high deductible because I live in a wonderful city that charges three times the rate that a normal person can pay for insurance. So I didn't have any money to pay for this. And I'm on Social Security, which is only $1,200. So... I had no money. I had no place to go, right? So what does the government say? Oh, I'm sorry, but we have no place to give you. So you started, say, say, uh, uh, what do you call it? Salvation Army. Oh, the cold is in. All the places are taken by the foreigner or aliens, as they call them. I'm nice. I call them foreigners. And then, you try other places. Oh, it's cold. They took up all the places. They don't look at us Americans anymore. First come, first serve basis. So here I am. I'm ready, and I'm also handicapped. So I'm also ready to stand on the highway sign saying, hungry, homeless. Senior citizen, grandmother, trying to get a place. Try that at 74. Where does one go when you're a white American? Jane, I'm I'm so sorry that, that you're dealing with this, the, the water problem, the water flooding of your home, you being in this situation. I'm really sorry to hear this, and I, I wish I had words that could soothe your pain. Uh, and you've tried every agency that you possibly could? Oh, I must have called United Way. Gave me like 10 places to call. Housing Authority. I must have called at least 25 places. Oh, I can go to those one. Oh, my car is broken down. I was sleeping. Okay, I'm sleeping in my car in the driveway. A cop comes by and tells me I can't do this. I said, this is my driveway. Oh, well, you can't do that. Somebody might come by. I said, I'll shoot them before they hurt me. 
Yeah, but the cop says you can't stay in your drive. This is my property. Don't tell me where I can't stay. I said the car isn't going nowhere. It's broken down. Jane, I, I, I wish I had more time to, because uh, it breaks my heart hearing your story. I wish I had more time right now to discuss it. Maybe you can call me another night and we can flush this out further together. I'm with Frank Morano quickly. What do you have coming up, Frank? We've got a fun show for the next four hours. Uh, no guests, so that's going to be plenty of time for uh, you and the listeners to chat about a wide variety of subjects, and we will. And we're going to get Dominic Carter to stick around as well. Frank Morano, the other side of Midnight, coming up right after news headlines. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.